now. Hey guys, welcome back to Shades of Strong, the podcast created for strong black women by strong black women. I'm Cheryl. Hey guys, I'm Natty. Once again, we are super excited that you guys are taking part of your day to join us in our little corner of the world. We've had some really great episodes in connection with the one that we did on, God, Natty, you know I can't even remember the names. What was it called? Oh yeah, trapped in trapped in a bad relationship. And so in connection with that, we want to today we want to kind of talk about just being stuck in general. Like we, we talked about being trapped, aka being stuck in a bad relationship. So today we kind of want to piggyback on that and talk about just being stuck in life in general because we know as black women we tend to kind of get consumed with life. And before you know it, we find ourselves living in a place of complacency. And mm-hmm. oftentimes that, that complacency comes from things that other people inflict upon us as far as how we should be living our lives and just things of that sort. I'm kind of rambling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Because my mind is a little cluttered today. So, Natalie, I'm going to let you take over. Give us a little insight on this topic today. Yeah. So, we were talking about a particular incident or a particular situation. We were talking about the singer, Leandria Johnson, who, by the way, is an amazing singer. She's, she's incredible. She's a, a gospel artist. And she won one of the seasons of reality contest got, uh, Sunday best years ago. She's amazing. But we were talking about her situation and how she was going through a lot of, just a lot of turmoil. And she has come out and said that she does not want to be a gospel artist anymore. She does not want to sing gospel music. And we were talking about that in relation to this idea of feeling very cemented in a place that you don't want to be. Like you're really just stuck in it doesn't always have to be just in a bad relationship. It can be you feel stuck at your place of work. You feel stuck just in personal life situations. Like you feel like you're not moving forward in in ventures that you're creating for yourself or you're wanting to do things with your education or with with what, what whatever it is. And you feel like you can't move forward for whatever reason, there are always these obstacles and there are some obstacles that you can get around, you can get over. And then there are other things that literally just don't budge and you can't think about it. And so you feel stuck. And so what we could kind of elaborate on today is what are some examples of, of that kind of feeling of stuckness? Like I think about myself, there have been times where I felt stuck in like a job and I felt like I couldn't leave because of you know xyz reasons oh well it's going to be that much harder for me to get a different job because now i've got more kids or i've just been here for a while and i really don't want to up and leave because i don't want to have that time in between of trying to find something new what if i don't find something new right away and oh but this is a you know this is a paycheck and i need that steady paycheck i don't want to we we do that a lot I know I, I, for one, I have been very complacent a lot of times in my life. And there were a lot of times where I should have moved, made a move and I didn't. And then something comes along later, a life event or something that kind of forces my hand and forces me to move. 
And then I find out after all of the dust settles, wow, if I had just moved sooner when I was already feeling like I should, but I didn't, then I could have already been in this spot a lot sooner or things would have been better a lot sooner. And I think we also, we get, we get complacent like that a lot of times because we're very fearful of, of moving. We're, we're fearful. We fear our future a lot. And starting over, I think. I I think it's just like that, that whole fear of, I have to start over from scratch. Like you were saying, I got to go to this new job and, I know when I was contemplating leaving my job, I was like, man, I got to start over with my vacation time. I got to start over with my sick time. It's just all all of that stuff. And having those kind of thoughts often do put you where, where you just become content with where you are. And then you don't make any any forward movement towards yeah. trying to create a better life for yourself. You just, you just become like, okay, th- this is it. And then that, when, when you get to that point, I know for me personally, often stresses you out and it it just puts you in this unhappy space to where you're constantly dreading having to go to that to that place. And I think in relation to the Lee Andrea Johnson situation, I think that's kind of what happened to her. You know, I know she's gotten a lot of backlash from people saying, oh, she's a Christian and, and, and she and you know she's attacking the church and she's attacking all these people. But just being a, a person who's been in a position where I've I've been kind of sort of air quotes forced into something or into a position that I didn't want to be in. I see that she's just rebelling against somebody trying to force her to do something because, because like you just said, we, when we looked at that clip, I actually watched the entire episode on Ayala Van Zandt, but she, she was plainly telling her manager that she did not want to sing gospel anymore. And he insisted that that is not what she means. And so <laughs> I know, right? Like he, he's like, no, she, and Iyana's like, she's telling you that she doesn't want to sing gospel. And he's like, no, that's not what she means. And so oftentimes we allow people to force us into these positions because of what they want us to do, or or in her case, because what they feel she has been called to do. A lot of people, you know, felt like, okay, she's supposed to be a minister. She's supposed to be a gospel singer. But what if that's not the calling that God has for her? And now, you know, she, she you know, and now she's, she, Again, air quotes, forced into this calling. That's not even her calling. It's not even a calling. It's not even a calling. And so now she feels pressured to stay here. And so I think that the whole thing with her making those videos, and like I told you earlier, Natty, I didn't really watch any of the videos. I think it's just her rebelling against something that's been forced upon her and and feeling stuck and trapped in in a gospel world that she doesn't want to be in. Yeah, definitely. Like. Knowing that she, it, it's, it's really sad to watch because here's a woman who's, um, she's extremely talented and she has an amazing voice. And like you said, she's had this quote unquote calling thrust upon her. And so it's like, this is what you got to do. And she's like going through the motions, you know, within yourself when you're not supposed to be somewhere. Those, those different times when I felt stuck at my job and I wanted to leave, I knew I didn't need to be there anymore, but I, I chose fear over my intuition. But when someone is, when you can see on her face, like just how unhappy she is, just how not at peace she is, just how 
um, lacking in joy she is because she feels in like she's stuck in this spot. How on earth are you going to try and tell someone what they should and shouldn't be? I mean, how are you going to tell someone what they should and should be? And, and exactly. What they shouldn't be, should, should or shouldn't be doing. Or uh, what they meant by the words that came out of their mouth. I mean, the the fact that her manager was sitting there trying to mansplain to her. Exactly. To Iyanla what she meant when she said what she said. Wow, that happens to so many, so many. of us. It happens with our own spouses. It happens mm-hmm. with our boyfriends. It happens with colleagues. It happens with, you know, all kinds of people that we work with. We'll say something or, or we'll mention something. And then men just pipe up like they feel like they got to repeat what we said in the way that they want it to be presented, or they need to mansplain to us what we meant. That's so frustrating. And the thing is, it just shows that this manager was never listening. He was never listening to her because he, he had listened. already made up his mind that this is what she's supposed to be doing and this mm-hmm. is what she's going to do. It. But on the flip side of that, he's getting paid. He's getting paid. If she, if she sings gospel. So naturally, he's going to try and keep her in that lane, even if that's not what she wants to do. So I also see from the perspective of, and then, she, and then, she, then that being her manager and her friend, she want to keep him happy. She wants to keep him happy. So instead of her, like, yeah, I feel like Leandria should have, maybe perhaps when she read, when she won Sunday's Best, maybe she knew then that I don't want to sing gospel. Or maybe she knew before she even went to compete that I don't want to sing gospel. I feel like as women, we need to learn how to stand up for ourselves and say what we want. Like, don't be afraid to say, to say what you want, because when you're afraid to say when you, what you want, that's when you end up stuck in that place of unhappiness and complacency. That's how, that's how we end up there. So we got to be, we got to do better, better with telling people what we want and then not being afraid to stand in that. Because even if you'll notice when she was talking to her manager, Natty, she had said that to him before. Yeah. And you yeah. knew she had said it to him before because he said, no, that's not that's not what she means. What she means is she doesn't want to deal with the politics. So they had had that conversation. They had these conversations. <laughs> they had literally it. just never listened to her. He, he never listened. Number one, he never listened. And number two, she did not boldly stand in what she meant. She right. should, she should have and and I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. So I'm not. We're judging, all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. Not judging her for it, but we got to do better with you know boldly standing in. If if you like, I'm like Nene Le- Le- Nene Leaks because I, I watch um what is the name of that show? Um, Real Housewives. Real Housewives. I said what I said. I said what I said. That's right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, like I, right. I said what, what I said. I said what I meant. And I meant what I said. And I meant That's what I it. said. And so we got to do better with standing in that. Like, don't be afraid to stand in what you say. If you know that that is your truth, if you know that you are not called to that ministry, then you got to be bold enough to say, I'm not called to that ministry and be bold enough to walk away from it. Yeah. That's something that we've got to learn again, because we have walked and lived our lives for so long feeling that outward influence and feeling that control. Like we weren't fully in control. Like we always had to do something to please somebody else. We had to do such and such to please our parents. 
Like I got to make these good grades to please my parents. I got to go to college immediately out of high school to please my parents. Mm -hmm. Forget the staggering debt, the staggering crippling debt Mm -hmm. that can put me in. But I got to do this because this will please my parents. And this will also please my community. This will make me look good, which will make me respectable, Mm -hmm. especially to white people. And we need Mm -hmm. them to be pleased so I can get a good job. You see what I mean? It's like, yep. it's never it, about it's what never we really feel. It's a never-ending cycle. It's a never-ending <laughs> cycle. And what, what we really need and what we really want. And that is a generational thing. And so we have to, yeah, we're in this, we're in this space now. It's like, oh my gosh, we're, we're not just looking to our elders to be our teachers anymore. Mm-hmm. We're in a place where we're discovering that we're having to be our own teachers. We're having to learn these things that they didn't learn because they really could not. Um, and the, the, the environment that we're in now is um, a little more conducive to us learning. So we're having to teach ourselves. That's why it was, it's so easy to, to say, no, this is what I want. I mean, I've, I've, I've done it before, you know, I'll say, well, no, this is what I want. And then it's like, not to try and put my, my husband on blast because he's great, but like early in our marriage, I you know, something as simple as, well, what do you want to do tonight? Um, when we had a lot of free time and stuff. I'm like, oh, I want to go here. And it's like, well, I kind of want to go here. So guess where we would go? We would go where he wanted to go. Oh, my yeah. And then I would be kind of upset. And back then, especially, I'm much better about it now. Not 100%, but much better. But back then, especially, if I was upset, I just kind of shut down. I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say anything. And then, you know, that would be a problem. Like, cause I, I, I would be visibly not great, not okay, but I'm not really talking about it. And so then, you know, it comes out in the wash later. Like, why are you so mad? You know, what are you upset about? Well, uh, we went to this thing and, you know, we spent this much money when we could have gone over here. Well, I'm not a mind reader. Why don't you tell me what you want? I'm like, wait, I did tell you what I wanted. <laughs> like, it's like, they, it's like, wow, you really aren't listening. You don't, you're not listening. And so this manager is like, if you're having, you've had these conversations in the past. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you haven't listened to her. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like she, like she doesn't know, like so many of us don't know how to really stand up and say, no, I said what I said, but like how many conversations have y'all had? And you literally just, and you just, what she said, right over just it. went right, right over your head. Like you just exactly. were like, no, nope, she didn't say that. Like, are you, are you kidding? And so many of us, like, it's like, we're opening our mouths and things are coming out, but we're so, we're so, um, at best, uh, dismissed and at, at worst demeaned to the point where Ooh, it is just yeah. natural for people to not heed anything that we say. And it's so, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. And that's why I say that it is so important. Like I, with everything in me, I believe that the world is long overdue for voices like ours who aren't afraid to stand up and say, this is what I want this is what I need. This is what I deserve. And I will not tolerate anything less than that. Mm, yeah. I'm over, yeah. over to that. But you know what I love? What I love about in that clip, though, is when Ayala said, fire him. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I live. She, she was she like, fire was him. Like, Fire him because why did she say fire him? Because she because he because he is not serving you. He's not serving. You're paying him money and he's not serving you at all. He is not serving you. And so what that said to me, what it hit me so hard when she said that because it hit me too. It was like you have a right 
to get rid of people who are no longer serving you. It doesn't matter what role they're playing in your life. If these people are no longer serving you, you got a right to fire them, baby. Get them out of your life. That's what Yala said. Fire him, and she did not hesitate when she said. Yeah, she and he was look. He was taking. He got his feelings, baby. He, he was, was like, like I, "That's what I don't agree with." She was like, "I don't, yeah, care. I don't care if you don't agree with it." Absolutely, <laughs> like, that, y'all came to me. Y'all asked me for girl, advice. I'm giving you your advice. <laughs> I'm giving you the, that. That my soul because I was like, "Yes, Iyanla, get rid of these people who are not serving you because mm-hmm. they're bring like he like you down. They're bringing you down, and it's." They're helping you stay stuck. They're helping you stay stuck. He is ultimately keeping her from reaching her full potential because he wants her to do what he thinks she's been called to do and what she's been placed on this earth for. Oh, you God now? No. (laughs) No. Her being stuck where she is benefits him. Benefits him. He's a terrible manager. Um, and you said they were friends too. He's an even worse friend because that's not you wanting what's best for your friend. Are you kidding me? There are lots of terrible managers and they get fired all the time, but you're also supposed to be her friend. And you're like, no, you stay in this spot where I know you're miserable and where I know you don't want to be because that way I'll make money. Exactly. And he did that. He, I mean, he did that to her detriment because now look where she is. I think she's getting help now, but I mean, now she, she, you know, she's drinking day in and day out. She has an alcohol addiction that she's got to go spend some time in recovery for all because you want to keep her stuck in a place where it benefits you because it's no longer benefiting her. Singing gospel is no longer bidding fitting her. It's actually hurting her and it's hindering her. And so now you are putting her health at risk because what you want is more important than what she needs. Right. Her physical health, her mental Mm -hmm. health, her emotional health, it's all being put at risk now Mm -hmm. because she can't be free to do what she wants to do. It has to be what you want her to do because that's Mm -hmm. how you get paid. That's, um, that's, that's uh, that's a toxic relationship, and yeah, you got to cut those things out of your that's life. That's a toxic relationship. We talked about that a little you. bit too. Yeah, it, it will. Yes, we did. Natalie, it will see you to your grave. Sure will. Trying to keep everybody happy, trying, trying to, to follow all of the rules. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just too much. Trying it's to play much. a role so that everyone else around you stays comfort comfortable. It's, it's ridiculous. And I, for one, I'm, I'm in a space in my life where like, I have zero interest in doing any of that. Absolutely. Doing any of that. Because you know what? It doesn't even work anyway. For years, I spent all this time trying to be this person that everyone else wanted me to be. Um, let me do this and let me do that. That way I'm not getting judged by these folks over here. And that way I'm getting favor, so-called favor. From these folks over here, that's going to help me in the long run. That's going to help me on down the road. And I don't want these people over here condemning me. So let me make sure that I do this or that or the other. Oh my gosh, I messed up now. Once they find out, oh gosh, now I'm really going to be, you know, it's, 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 it's exhausting and it's ridiculous. And here's the gag. The gag right here is this. Even if you were to do all the things that everyone else wanted you to do, it still wouldn't matter because they still wouldn't care about you anyway. They wouldn't. They absolutely would not care about you anyway. They didn't care about me anyway. So it's like, what was I even doing any of this for? 
It's sad. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's, 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 and then it's, it's such a, it's a horrible existence to be, to be in that space. Can you imagine how she went to bed and woke up every morning? Like the, the moment her foot hit, hit the floor, honey, she was making mimosas. Yeah. Because, because she, she was dreading the day. Because she was dreading the day. She was dreading having to go back into this world where she felt like, where she knew in her heart that she did not belong. Right. In that moment, now maybe once upon a time, that's where that's you know that's where she where she belonged. I'm not saying she hasn't been called to sing gospel. I don't know what her calling is in life. All I know is she's unhappy right now. And I just like what everything in me does do not believe that God wants you be, to be that unhappy, that, that your calling should not make you unhappy. It may make you uncomfortable. It can make you uncomfortable does, for but sure. It does, it does not make you unhappy. I don't believe that. I, I you don't walk not. around feeling miserable to the point where you, you just want to die. You do like, not. You just Absolutely. don't want to be on earth anymore. Like, and you don't care about life. And, and You don't care about life. And you yeah. don't care about yourself you don't care about anyone around you that's not a calling no god that god's calling doesn't put that kind of pressure on your life it's just it's just it just doesn't i, I, I mean believe that yeah i i believe that too because like we look in like i'm thinking about like the story of elijah and how he like ran away because like jezebel was chasing him he she sent him a text and was like i heard what you did i'm after you okay bye <laughs> you know and he was like wait let me let me let me run for my life and it's like wait so he was miserable because he was afraid and was running for his life. But the calling itself isn't the thing that made him miserable. Absolutely. The calling that God had for him is not what made him miserable. His fear of Jezebel was what was making him miserable at that time. And God had to come to him and speak to him. And so he would have to go back like because he was running from her. He wasn't running from his calling. I think about Joseph being in prison for as long as he was. Mm. And he knew he had a a calling, but it wasn't like, man, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely like, I, I just want to go to sleep and never wake up because the calling was not what was making him sad or whatever being imprisoned. And that was making him sad, but he knew he had something. He knew that eventually he would get out and he knew that he had this, this ability of interpreting dreams. And that was what kept him sustained. So when you have, when you know what your calling is, that thing is going to sustain you even through difficult life circumstances, because life is hard anyway. Life is, life is pure BS sometimes. Like it, it's just, it just, uh, welcome to earth. That's just what the way it is. <laughs> but, the, but the calling is the thing that sustains you. The calling isn't the thing that makes you miserable. And this thing has yes. been making her miserable. It has been making her miserable. But here we are wanting her to stay in this thing that's making her miserable and is ultimately killing her. Ultimately, because you know good and well, if something happened, and you know, heaven forbid, if something happened and she and she passed away tomorrow, mm-hmm. the, the, the community, the gospel community, probably would be divided. Oh, she's beautiful, this and that, and the other. And the other half would be like they'd be throwing shade still, like at a person who has passed away, because that's how folks do. That really is how folks do, and especially with with black women. Like I think about you know, Sandra Bland, and I think about Nia Wilson and Ruth mm-hmm. Boyd, it doesn't even, like, these women that lose their lives, that have their lives violently snatched away from them, even they don't get the honor that they deserve, you know? It's always something, oh, well, she had been, well, she hadn't been doing this, or she hadn't been doing that. 
you know good and well if it was your child or your sister or whatever, you wouldn't be saying any of that. Exactly. It's it's really sad to see the the amount of um, of dishonor and disrespect that we put up with. It's it's it can be it can feel very um, paralyzing. Lives. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that also contributes to that feeling of being stuck because it's like there seems to be so much coming at you from so many directions. Exactly. Yeah. That you feel like you can't move. Or sometimes maybe you, you're dealing with all that and you get so angry that you're, you feel paralyzed by even just the anger. And you're like, I want to I wanna do something about this, but I don't know what. I don't want to feel this angry day in and day out. But what do I do? Because mm-hmm. the minute I let stuff go and the minute I release it and I feel all right, here comes something else. So there you are just clinging to, to this, this hurt that you already have, not being able to move forward because you're afraid to. Because and it, then we will blame someone like Leandria for looking for an escape mm-hmm. through a bottle yeah. or through drugs. I mean, because we demonize people for, for getting into situations like that where they end up addicted mm-hmm. to drugs or to alcohol. Right. Um, and, and yeah, we, we straight up demonize them. And then we, talk, we, we just discard them like, oh, well, they're worthless now. We already thought they were worthless anyway, but they're definitely worthless now. But it's, so it's just a cry for help. It really is a cry for help. And cry no help. one is helping. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a cry for help. It's just like, I remember teaching in, when I, when I was working full time, I remember going to a school for a workshop where we were facilitating a workshop there. And while we were there, the school was placed on, on lockdown because there, there was a, you know, there was a boy there with a gun. And so they placed the school on lockdown. And he, I think this boy maybe was like 16 or 17 years old. And he brought the gun to school because he, not that that excuses it, but he brought the gun to school because he was being bullied and he was trying to protect himself. Somebody found it in his book bag and uh, reported it to the principal. So they put the school on lockdown. Long story short, they, you know, they wanted to kick him out of the program that, that we were in, that, that we were hosting at, at their school where we went in once a month and we facilitated um, work readiness workshops. Mm-hmm. So he, um, they end up putting him in alternative school, but in an alternative school, they didn't want us to serve him because oh of what he had done. But I'm saying like, this is when he needs us most. Like mm-hmm. he is like literally crying out for help. And you guys are saying, let's throw him away. And so don't instead of saying, okay, here's a cry for help. Let, let's help him. And, and of course we did. Cause I fought for him. Because I have, I have, at that time, I had a, a, a son too, a teenage son too. And so I fought for him because I knew what it would be like if I were the parent in that position. So we did end up serving him. But the point I'm making is that you cannot throw people away when they are crying out for help. And that's kind of what the, the Christian community has done with Leandria. They've kind of yes. like kicked her to the curb and say, we don't want to have anything to do with her. She has blasphemed God and she has blasphemed Christianity and she is banned from our Christian community. This lady is literally crying out for help and nobody, nobody is helping her. And so in, in our own personal lives, when, when we find ourselves constantly up in a roar about every little thing, I've been there time and time again myself, but that is ultimately a cry for help for something that's going on on the inside of us. And our job 
as as people and women is to figure out what that thing is that's going on in the inside of us so that we don't end up stuck and hurt and pain and discontentment. Figure out what has you up in a roar about somebody then turn the toilet paper right on the roll. <laughs> <laughs> Like things like, like we don't, we, we just think, oh, I'm I'm just in a bad mood today, but no, there's something going on on the inside that has that little thing just nagging at you all the time. Now I'm telling you, this is me talking from personal experience. There is something going on on the inside that we need to get to the root cause. So don't just throw people away. Like I thank God for my children because they know me by now that when I'm in that space, they know that it's something going on with me. So they they are a little mm-hmm. more patient with me and they don't just write it off as just, oh, mom, just being bitchy. You know, they mm-hmm. they know that there's, there's there's something bigger going on here. So I think that you have to surround your, yourself with people who will be kind to you in moments like that and won't just write you off. And then on the right. flip side of that, you have to also be kind to yourself. And by being kind to yourself, I think that means like figuring out, even if you have to take hours to journal, like what is really going on with me today? Why is this little thing irritating me? Like, that's just my look. I just went off on the tangent. No, no, no. Okay. Also, (laughs) that's my story. (laughs) Mentioning, like you said before, like part of it is, is, um, like you said, getting to finding out what the cause is, Mm -hmm. what has me so sad Mm -hmm. and so despondent mm-hmm. and so discouraged and feeling mm-hmm. stuck but then also another part of learning to love ourselves and care for ourselves is being able to say what we need what exactly. we want what we need exactly. and what we will and won't tolerate exactly. what we're okay with and what we're not okay with um and that that's that's like a muscle like we're just we just have to practice flexing <laughs> that muscle because that thing is that thing is atrophied you know <laughs> so much like cuz we're just we're just quiet. You know, I, like I said, I'm still not great at expressing when I'm angry about something right away, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've gotten so much better. And part of it is the, the more that I am getting very comfortable in my, in my own skin and learning to really love that skin and learn and love who I really am. The more I get, the, the better I get at that, the easier it is for me to stand up and say, uh, no, I'm not, no, 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 this was wrong. Or right. no, this is what I need. It, th- there's a direct correlation between how we feel about ourselves and, and, how, um, and how adept we are at standing up for ourselves. For ourselves, absolutely. Oh, girl, yes. I mean, it is directly mm-hmm. connected. And so when we, and I don't know that we'll ever master it, but if we ever, we will never master it. <laughs> no. But <laughs> yeah, probably not. I don't. I don't. See we will never happening. master it. But the more we do it, the more comfortable we will become with doing it, and we won't yeah. be so afraid to tell people, "No, that's not what I said. This is what I said, and this right. is this what, is I, what I said, and this, this is what I meant. This is what I meant, and this is what I need you to understand." The more we do that, the more comfortable we will we will be in saying that. Gotta, even if that means you got to say it multiple times a day until they get it, then you keep saying it. And when they don't get it, then you fire them like you young let's say. You, you fire them quick. You are fired. 
yeah. drop them like a hot potato. <laughs> so when I was watching, um, when I was watching that that clip, Natalie, and I I took note of six things that um that from that just from that clip of six things that I think keep us stuck. So I'm gonna kind of read those out where I wrote them down, and then let's see if we can kind of mm-hmm. find ourselves or find find Leandria in those six things. So the first thing mm-hmm. I, I wrote down was um, some of the things that keep us stuck is the fear of breaking the rules. And by rules, I mean the rules that other people have inflicted mm-hmm. upon us. So Natalie, would you say you've been guilty of that? Oh my gosh, I've been, oh, wow. Like so much of what I've even done in my life as far as uh, my schooling and the kind of jobs that I've had, Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of circles that I was in, all of that was about was, was about that was about, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, behaving so so to speak. Yeah, um, you need to you need to look a certain way. And since I'm someone who has never ever been okay with being fake, that was always excruciating for me to do. Mm-hmm. It, it was like if I really can't be myself here, then I, I feel like I'm having to fake something. And if I feel like right. I'm having to fake something, then that's painful, like on the inside. And if I'm yeah. doing it for all of y'all, because all y'all are also being fake, first of all, I don't like you because you're fake. And second of right. all, why am I doing this to make y'all comfortable? Right. It, yeah. Like there is a huge fear of that because we're afraid, like you said, like we were saying, we might not have a job or mm-hmm. we might not have this um, certain position or station in life with these different circles of people who can maybe help us and who knows what, you know, who knows when or something right. like that. It's always about pleasing other people. And yeah, like if you're, if you're walking around really worried about whether or not you're pleasing other people, then yeah, that is that you definitely have that fear oh, of, yeah. of breaking their rules. And yeah, that will, that will most certainly keep you stuck. It was certainly, I would say for me, I think the, the, the person's rules that I was most fearful of breaking was always my mom's. And mm-hmm. what, and the thing that stands out the most for me was my mom didn't didn't believe in taking birth control pills because she thought we would put up, you know, women were put on the earth to to reproduce. And so she didn't believe in taking birth control pills. And so as much as I didn't want five children, I ended up with five children because I didn't want to break that rule that she had. And so because she didn't believe in taking birth control pills, then, you know, I didn't take them. And when I did start taking them, you know, after that fifth kid, then um, I never I didn't tell her that I was taking them because I was always yeah. fearful of, you know, breaking that rule that oh, she yeah. had. Yeah. You know? And so I love all five of my children, but had I had in my way, I probably would not have five children. I, I would not, you know, but I love them mm-hmm. all dearly just in case y'all listening. I love y'all, you know? <laughs> well, I know you, I know how much you love your children. Yes, I love all, um, of them, but my, my greatest fear was always, you know, breaking, you know, going against something that my mom had, had held to be true. It wasn't necessarily what I believed to be true, but what she had held to be true. So one of my greatest fears was always, you know, disappointing her in that area. Yes, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and I will say, I won't say that it necessarily kept me stuck, but I think it probably kept me from possibly doing some things that I think I would have lived my life differently, you know, mm-hmm. you know, had I, if I didn't have five children, because, you know, of course, adjustments had to be made. So yeah. yeah, and you might not have been married to a man that was an that was abusing me. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. So yeah, but um, 
So the second thing I had was we said we often sacrifice our happiness for the happiness of others. And I think as parents, we can both agree. And as um, you, 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 you are a wife. So I think we can both agree that we have both been guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, that is a, you know, like we were saying about breaking, you know, disappointing your mom and breaking mm-hmm. your mom's rules. Um, I think about just the, this whole mindset of you're a mother now. So you really shouldn't have any other desire than to um, do everything for your child. Like everything mm-hmm. needs to be about your child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it becomes, uh, you know, oh, I, I really respect my mom because she, she just worked three jobs or she stayed at home so I could do this and that and the other. And then you find out later on when she's older that she always wanted to go Mm-hmm. be an artist or she always wanted to have a bakery or she wanted to start a business and she never did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, I respect her because she sacrificed all of her dreams and everything, you know, for me. And that gets held up as a virtue. It's like, yes, you, mm-hmm. you like stop living when you become a mom. It's like, oh, her life is now over or she put her life on hold or, you know what I mean? It's like, Absolutely. How how does that work? Like she literally just stopped living. Like she, she literally couldn't do anything or she couldn't have any aspirations. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's why there there are a lot of young women that don't want to have kids. I've seen so many young women nowadays that do not want to have kids. And I think part of it is because of that, because it's like, wow, I, I'm, I don't get to live. I don't get to have goals. I don't get to have aspirations because if I become a mom, all of that is over. And so that, yeah, I think that kind of programming is really damaging because mm-hmm. when you do have kids and they grow up and they see that you, you really just kind of pressed pause on your own life, they do one of two things. Um, they grow up thinking that every woman that they see needs to be like that. It needs to press um, pause. You're absolutely right. It needs to press pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you have a son, I guess. Sons will probably think that. I need a wife that's going to do this. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know. Or if, or daughters will grow up thinking, oh, well, this is what I have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. I don't want this, but this is what I have to look It's very damaging. Mm-hmm. I think a much healthier way of being a mom is letting your children see who you really are and what you really, um, what your gifts really are. Absolutely. And see, seeing you actually operate in them, and if those, and if that brings you um, prosperity or success or whatever, then so be it. Because that benefits all of you. Mm-hmm. You know, that means they 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 get their new clothes and they they get their books and they get you know what I mean. So I just that I I've I've had I've always had a problem with that kind of messaging, um, and so I always felt weird when my children were younger. Like I was always there for them. Like, mm-hmm. I was there. like where I worked, my children were also there because <laughs> right. I was teaching right. and they were there. Like, and it was like, that was the way it was with me and my mom. She, I went to school at the school where she taught, like my mother was always there. We were together. I was together with my kids. Um, but there was a part of me that was very afraid of, man, I still want to do this thing though. Mm-hmm. Like, no, but I can't do that because that takes time and that takes this kind of this money and that money. And I really shouldn't be thinking about that because I need to be concentrating just on my kids. And it's, it's like, it really is like press pause. You, you aren't you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always felt a way, I always felt some type of way about that kind of messaging. I think it's very, I think it's very damaging. 
Right. It's very damaging to women and, and, to, and to young men. What, what the heck? You know, like, if it makes them think like, oh, I can go out and do whatever I want. Cool. Cause I'm not the one having the baby. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm not going to get started on that, but yeah. And so that leads us right into number three. It, you know, we often allow others to limit our, our potential, you know, because we, we have the, the potential to, to be, oh my gosh, why do I get so tongue tied? We have the potential to be great, but because, you know, we are afraid to break the rules and we sacrifice our happiness for other people, then that limits our potential to walk in the greatness that God has destined us to walk in because we're always thinking about the wants and the needs of other people versus the, our wants and our needs and our desires. So that's another thing that, that keeps us stuck. Oh, definitely. Like, cause we'll do that to the detriment of our own health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then we'll be held up as paragons of virtue. Meanwhile, our kidneys are failing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least she was, you know, it's like, wait, what? At least she, she sacrificed her own needs or whatever to, for everybody else. It's like, but she wasn't even taking care of herself. How exactly are you supposed to take care of everyone else when you're not taking care of yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then number four was we allow others to silence us into submission. Girl, do we not do that? Yes. It's just like oh you said gosh. when, when you're in your earlier days of marriage when your husband were go- was going out and he said what do you want to do and you told him then he said well I think we should do this and so you quietly went on <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so we have been so guilty of that I know I have you know it's just like we are. Yeah. oh wow oh my gosh it's such a just a simple very very simple example but profound very very profound though you know the, the constant it's almost like a meme on the internet Mm-hmm. The relationship is like you're just constantly asking each other, "What do you want to eat?" Yes. What do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? What do you want? And then the the guy is like, "Well, the girl always she never knows what she wants to eat. She yes. never knows what she wants to eat." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Here's the gag, guys. Mm-hmm. I do know what I want to eat, but if I say let's go eat this, you're gonna be like, I don't want that. I don't want. I don't want that. So you know Let's what? I don't that. even bother anymore. I just I'm like, that's okay, why I just say I don't care. Yeah. What exactly. What do you want to eat? Exactly. Because I'm like, I know if I'm going out, I'm not going to get what I want to eat. I'll get what I want to eat if I go out by myself because mm-hmm. I know what I want to eat. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go back and forth with you on this because we're like, no, like because half some of the stuff, a quarter of the stuff I might like to eat. You don't like to eat. And so if I mention a particular place, you would never want to go there. So what's the use of me saying, hey, let's go there. I know that's not going to happen. It's really going to be about what you want. So yeah, don't get frustrated about your significant other just being like, I don't care. What do you want to eat? Maybe she really does know what she wants to eat, but she knows that her stating what she wants really is like, I don't know, it's spitting into the wind. I don't know. (laughs) So you just go ahead and do what you want to do. You know, that's, oh, and it's, oh gosh, that's even in that we silence ourselves. Yeah. Because we're so, that, used to yeah. we're so used to being silenced, but you know what? We come do better, y'all. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And then I'm going to do five and six together because we got to get ready to wrap it up. So number five was mm-hmm. we, we're afraid to reinvent ourselves and we see vulnerability as weakness. So oh, which yeah. one you want to take first? <laughs> the, vul- the, the reinventing, the reinventing, because I mean, that's kind of the space that Leandria is in right now, probably. Mm-hmm. If she Absolutely. doesn't want to be a gospel singer anymore, mm-hmm. and she's going to have to reinvent herself and she's going to have to, and reinventing 
is not met with um, praise. From it's not. Because she's going to have to do it on her terms. Otherwise, she's she going to end up in the terms. same position that she's in now. And then there'll be people who'll be like, yeah, but I remember when you were drinking. I remember when you had drinking. Mm-hmm. I remember when you got oh this my gosh, you got that, that part. It's like, they will wow. not let you live that down. You will not live it down. They will not let you live that down. So yeah, that's, so they'll that's, use that as a reason for why a further reason why you don't get to reinvent yourself. Exactly, exactly. So, but you you have to push past all of that. You have to push past that so that you don't end up in that place where where you where you're feeling stuck. You just have to push past it and don't and, and yeah, it, like you said, live on your own the terms. Noise. You just have mm-hmm. to ignore the noise. And yes. finally, we see vulnerability as a weakness. Gosh, well, we've talked about that quite a bit, haven't we? We've talked about that so much. I think it comes up in every episode because every episode, (laughs) like we literally struggle with that. Like we see crying as weakness. We see feeling as weakness. Like Mm -hmm. any type of emotion that's not a air quotes happy emotion, we we see it as vulnerability, and sometimes that keeps us stuck. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. weakness. We see it as see it as weakness. And that keeps us stuck because we will not allow ourselves to feel. Yeah. Like feel. Oh no, feel. I mean when we're we're given that messaging all the time. You know, facts aren't feelings, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And it's like, okay, cool. Exactly. So I'm supposed to just ignore how angry I am right now. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. whatever. I that's a whole other conversation. Girl, I'm mad. Another time. And I right. But yo, so, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to dedicate a whole episode to vulnerability versus weakness. Man, we'll have to, oh man. But girl, like, yes, there's just so much to be unpacked in those two words. So mm-hmm. that's probably why it comes up in every episode. <laughs> it, it really, yeah, that's probably why. I think we need to start. Um, we need to really reevaluate how what we think of when we think of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. We need to start mm-hmm. seeing that as as a valuable commodity, the way we see wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. it needs to, we need to see it. Oh, I love that. See it the way we see wisdom. Oh yeah. That's a because good. I tell you what, girl, I, I pray every day. I'm praying. And the thing that I pray for the most, well, okay. The second thing that I pray for the most, because the first thing that I pray for the most is grace mm-hmm. all day, every day. The second mm-hmm. thing is wisdom. Like I'm literally like, I just want more wisdom, please. Like, can I have some more wisdom? Like I really need wisdom. Like I have no wisdom. Can I have it? Can you give right. me like, I'm, I'm like, great. Like, please, I need the wisdom. It's like, Oh, okay. It, so, because that's the thing that I really, really want. And, you know, and, the, and, and there are all these scriptures about how valuable wisdom is mm-hmm. like greater than gold and silver and, and all of this. And it's like, so what if vulnerability is also connected to wisdom? to wisdom? Because vulnerability allows you to connect to the heart of someone else. Girl, not being vulnerable. Y'all keeps don't you hear Natty preaching in here, else. do y'all? Natty is. So how wise are you? Like I, that yeah. again. That's another conversation for another day. I'm not going to get into this. Girl, <laughs> but like I have feelings. Play. I have feelings and I have thoughts. I feel like points could be made. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk okay, about it. Right now. Girl, now, Natty, that will preach, honey. That will preach. Don't but... talk to me about being vulnerable is weak. Oh my gosh. That's probably yeah. why we have so many of the problems that we have today. Absolutely. That, baby, that's a sermon uh-huh. in itself. But like she said, we got to get ready to get out of here. So we ain't going to preach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I that know, will I'm going to start talking girl, your ear off. 
that, that, that we that are was, talking about the strong black woman here and oh, part yeah. of that strength comes from our vulnerability. I'm not even gonna, I'm just gonna stop. I'm just saying. Yes, we are there. I'm look, getting out a soapbox. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> yes, that would definitely preach. So I, I am volunteering Natty to um, get us an episode together on this vulnerability and wisdom, honey. Cause Ooh, that we will- really should. We should, we should talk about, ooh, ooh. Ooh, I'm excited already, y'all. We, Yo, need, to we, we, we need to do that. <laughs> we do. We do. I'll make some, I'll make some notes. Oh, I'll yeah. write some poems. Heck, I don't know. I'll do something. Girl, yes. <laughs> Draw some pictures. Good. I don't know. <laughs> Natty going to get that one together. So y'all be looking out for vulnerability and wisdom, how it's all connected. Girl, that's a star. Yes. I cannot wait for that one. All right, y'all. We're going to get ready to get out of here. This was so good. Like, I always it enjoy. Was. It was. like I It's always, always so much fun. Enjoy hopping on because, like, some days I'm, I may be a little down, but once I get on on this call and me and Natty get to talking and we talk about all, all the things that keep us stuck and all the things that are going to set us free, it's like I get free in that moment. So I'm just so thankful yeah. to be able to, like, Natty and I, we're, like we're helping ourselves while we're striving to help you. So, oh, absolutely. This really girl. is like before anything it's else. Therapeutic. Yes, it's for <laughs> us. Like it is so therapeutic. So again, we yeah. thank you guys so much for for tuning in today, for taking time out of your schedules to invite us into your car, your home, wherever you're listening at. We appreciate you guys till the end. You got anything to close out, Natty? I, I don't. I will just say um, have a wonderful week and may you go through the week not feeling <laughs> Yeah. Go embrace that vulnerability. Yes. Go ahead and embrace it. It's a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. We're going to get out of here. Bye, Natty. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.